Greetings in Christ's worthy name this morning. Good to be with you again. And I trust that your soul is prospering in the Lord. Just a a brief note before I begin my message. I have been struggling with a toothache the last couple of days. And this morning I did something that I probably shouldn't have. And I feel like I just got off the dentist chair. My mouth is numb here. So uh, look beyond that and just see what the Lord has for us this morning. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's stand for prayer. Our Lord God in heaven, it's to you that we lift our eyes this morning, looking to you for your anointing and blessing upon us here today. Thank you for your word that was shared already, truth and life. May you continue to bring forth the message on my heart today with clarity and give us all ears to hear and hearts to perceive the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'd like to talk this morning about when things are shaken. So what, what can be shaken? I think anything that is temporal this morning can be shaken. Imagine perhaps you have been in a place where there was an earthquake We enjoy, I enjoy having my feet on this solid earth that seems pretty um, solid and secure. But imagine being in a situation where all of a sudden the earth beneath you starts to move in waves and begins to shake and things crumble. I don't know how that would be. That would probably be pretty terrifying, I would think. There are stories of people that have survived severe earthquakes and the horror that they experience of being trapped and, and nothing stable underneath them. Their foundation was shaken. <clears throat> Well, this year, 2020, has been a very unusual year. Truly, I think all of our lives have been shaken to a certain degree, have they not? Um, And it's interesting, it has been and is, as I observed and observed the shaking what it produces in lives of people and even Christians. Our nation has been shaken and is still being shaken through this election. There is a clear division of opinions and desires and people I talked to a fellow employee just the other day, and uh, of course he was a Republican, 
and he was wishing that Trump would be elected. He said, he said, Marv, I am scared of what is going to happen. In the religious world today and in the past, truth, religion has been shaken. Truth will always stand. But sometimes as we face difficulties and questions and disappointments in in our life, we wonder where God is and truth seems to be shaking. <clears throat> in our churches today, many churches are being shaken. People are questioning principles, authority, structure, the word of God, and churches are being shaken. And we could go on. I think of families today. Many families are being shaken as well, perhaps because of a unfaithful or a rebellious child. It shakes the family, perhaps because of disease of a child or a parent or sickness. It shakes our lives. I often quote the verse, and I think of it often. Jesus said in Matthew 24, He that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Remember that as we experience shakings, the promise is for us that if we endure to the end, we shall be saved. I guess I guess that's how we need to respond to the things of life that are not always pleasant. So I asked the question this morning. And all that I mentioned and probably things in your life that I did not mention, things that shake us up. What does it produce in your life? If you take a soda bottle and shake it real good, it produces a lot of pressure. If you take cream sisters and shake it real good it produces butter something that is useful for you who are painters if you don't shake your paint before you use it it doesn't give you the results that you're looking for but if we shake it it gives us beautiful color So this morning, I do believe that in all this, that God is calling us to a renewed vision, a renewed faith in him. These things are not just happening, but they're given to us for a purpose. Could we say that's why God is allowing the shakings 
so that we would put our faith in Christ Jesus and not in man or institutions. It's important that we realize in these times where our anchor is. If our anchor is in man or man-made solutions, it's going to be very unstable. But if our anchor is in Christ, in his word, it is a solid foundation that will endure. And we can put our trust in that. So this morning, as I think of that, uh, I ask you a question. What would you say is the most needed character trait in times of shaking? Any response? Open your Bible to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21. We'll read a portion here. And our text verse is in verse 19. Jesus says, In your patience possess ye your souls. In your patience possess ye your souls. And we'd like to this morning talk a bit about patience, the need for patience in our life as we allow God to perfect us, as we allow circumstances in life to form us, as we heard this morning, that beautiful vessel that God can use to honor him. Luke 21 will begin in verse 9. We'll just jump in here in verse 9. But when ye hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hand on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom and in all your which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends, and some of you shall they shall cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls." Now go over to verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. 
Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. We, we see here Jesus talks about a shaking that is going to happen and even did happen back in the destruction of Jerusalem. I think it very interesting and very um, convicting that he says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Another translation puts it this way, by your endurance, will you, will you, you will gain your lives. Patience. <clears throat> the word in the King James is possess your souls, which means to preserve or keep. And by preserving, that happens as we are put to test, as you preserve things today. I think of canning, putting it under heat and, and pressure. You preserve things. <clears throat> Patience is something that perhaps you people here in the paradise of Pennsylvania don't have a problem with. Maybe you all love each other and drive carefully and are always very patient as you go from day to day. For most of us, at least I believe, patience comes by line upon line, precept upon precept. For the mason, it's one brick at a time, laying one brick at a time. It's a, a time, it's a process, it's a, a thing that doesn't happen overnight. And unfortunately, we live in an impatient age. We don't like to wait. We like our things right now. <clears throat> and our society has very much um, created that with our premixes, with our microwaves, with our dried food, um, toothpaste that takes away our bad breath instantly, and, um, yeah, instant relief from headaches and colds and instant starting in cold weather, and, yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's not a patient society that we find ourselves in. But we need to have patience. In patience possess ye your souls. <clears throat> Some definitions that I found on patience, it's long-suffering, suffering, affliction, pain, toil, calamity, aggravation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper. Endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. 
Is that describing you? A calm temper which bears evil without murmuring or discontent was another definition. The act or quality of waiting long for justice or expecting good without discontent. Patience. As you were in lockdown and couldn't do much this past year, how was your patience? Were you discontent? Ephesians chapter 4. I will get to that a little bit later. Um, Another definition I have of patience is perseverance. Enduring. Cheerfully. We can endure sometimes, but it's not very cheerful. But patience is cheerfully enduring affliction. Patience is love under pressure. Love suffers long. And I so appreciated the, the um, thought this morning about God, God's love, God's mercy, God's long-sufferingness with us. When we were without hope, God's love was there. <clears throat> Patience suffers long. Someone, a preacher has said one time, I don't, I don't know who it was, but he said there is no such thing as patient. There is no such thing as preaching patience unto a people unless the sermon is so long that they have to practice it while they hear it. <laughs> now, I won't do that to you this morning, I promise. <laughs> But we are not born with patience. We're not born with it. We only need to look at a small child and we see that they are very impatient. They want their things now. Colossians chapter 3, I'll just read this here. It says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Patience in others that does not lose hope, I think is very important. How often have we been working with an individual and have become impatient with their performance and have discouraged them or they have turned back again? Patience does not lose hope in others. Neither is patience passive this morning. It doesn't just sit back and fold its hands and says, whatever happens, happens. Neither is it compromising nor complacent. But patience is keeping the course, keeping the course that God has called us in spite of anything or everything that could happen and does happen at times. Patience, how are you? 
How is the patience in your life this morning? In patience possess ye your souls. Patience is redemptive this morning. It waits for others. Patience is redemptive. It it is long-suffering even as God is to us. The opposite, impatience, on the other hand, pushes people out rather than practicing a redemptive spirit. And as we find ourselves becoming impatient, I see it in my life. And you can probably testify as well. As I become impatient, the result is a blindness to the working of the Holy Spirit within my heart. Where I run ahead of God and I do my own thing and and block the Holy Spirit's work in my life. But patience is necessary for us to walk worthy of the calling that God has placed upon us. Paul says to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. That's God's heart. That's what I long for. Let's strive for that together, being patient towards all men. As you think of brotherhood this morning, the church, the body of Christ, as you think of that, can can that be possible without patience? Can you have brotherhood without patience? Can you have a church that loves each other Without patience, very difficult, I believe, to have that. Nearly impossible. And also, it's almost impossible to be effective in ministry, whatever God calls you to, without patience in your life. And I find it in my life, and perhaps some of you do as well, that the older I get, it seems like the more patient I become. And I trust it's God's work in my life. It's not just a passiveness, but rather God's work in my life. In patience possess ye your souls. So as you experience life, whatever life, God has for you. Are you facing it with patience? Are you allowing God to have his perfect work done in your life? Someone has said, and I forget who it was, in some ways, patience is the greatest virtue of all. It is not clad with romance or glamour. It has not the excitement of sudden, glamorous action, but it is the virtue of God himself. God, in his patience, bears with sin, the refusal and the rebellious men. 
God, in his long suffering, refuses to abandon hope of the world which he has created and which so often turns its back on its creator. And God and we as God's agents here on this earth need to practice God's undefeatable patience with people and God's undiscourageable patience with difficult circumstances of life. I think that's true. I know it's true. Even as God deals with us, we are to deal with our fellow man and with others. So what does the scripture say about patience? Just a few verses here that I have. Solomon, the wisest man that lives, says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. It's better to have patience. The opposite is pride. And God hates pride. The patient quietly waits. The proud cannot wait because his pride is his chief cause of impatience. First Thessalonians 5, Paul says these words. Paul must have been a patient man. As I observe his life, I think God's work in his heart produced patience. He says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. That's our calling. Be patient towards all men. To be long-spirited is what Strong says about patience. Forbearing. Be long in long-suffering. We need that. I need that today. <clears throat> toward all men, uh, Paul says. Here's one for you older men here this morning. Paul says, that the aged man be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Our calling. To be healthy. To be sound. To be enduring in difficulty. Patience. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 4. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distressing, in distresses. Approving ourselves. Allowing the work of God to perfect us in our life. In much patience, he says. <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul says these words, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And he's talking about riches and the deceitfulness of riches in that chapter. And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Rather than pursuing earthly gain, pursue patience, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, Pursue faith and love and meekness rather than riches. <clears throat> In patience possess ye your souls. 
Turn now to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, I find a very practical chapter on how we are to live our Christian life. I just want to go through this and make some comments as we read the chapter here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, begins with the word wherefore. I think we need to stop there and look what the wherefore is there for. The previous chapter is what we call the faith chapter of the men who have suffered severely for Christ and how they endured, they were persecuted, they were persuaded that there is no better way. They embraced persecution with patience, I believe, and they were willing to die for Christ. And now he says here, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, Here today, lay aside every weight and the sin which which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It's our turn, beloved, here today. Our turn now to stand up and to stand for truth and allow God to have his way in our life. Running a race, laying aside anything that hinders that race. So that we can run with patience, we can run with endurance, we can run with long-suffering and forbearance towards others. How? How do we do that? Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus, our perfect example. Study his life. Study his characters. Study what he has done. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, that's how we receive faith this morning, I believe. And we need faith to run this race sitting at his feet like Mary, learning of him, communicating with him. Do you find time in your life every day to communicate with your creator, God? Or are other things more important? Looking unto Jesus. Jesus is concerned about relationship this morning. He wants a relationship. He wants to communicate with us and and we with him. For consider him, verse 3, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted, yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Jesus knew what what was going to happen this year in our life. He knew it from the foundation of the world. 
Jesus himself, as he spent time here in this earth, he had 12 disciples that he handpicked. And he knew that one would betray him. He knew that one would deny that he ever knew him and would curse and swear about the fact that he knew him. He knew that all would forsake him. Jesus knew that. Yet, he was faithful. And yet, we must be faithful as well when shaking takes place in our life. Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. We need to endure unto the end, beloved, this morning. That's my encouragement to you. In patience, possess your souls. Don't become discouraged. Allow God's perfect work to be done in your life. And if you fall, get up and try again. God is very patient, very long-suffering. Verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chasing, God dealeth with, with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Chastisement. Who enjoys chastisement? I don't. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. But yet it needs to be a part of our life if we are God's children, so that it can produce the perfect fruit of righteousness. Partakers of holiness. We need to have, we need to talk about truth this morning. We need to have truth in our life. Jesus said that in the last times, many will be deceived. There will be many deceivers as well. But we need to have truth in our life. Even though it hurts at times, we need the truth. What about when the truth requires a life change in me? Do I still love the truth? The truth stands. When the truth shakes me up, it's a part of chastisement that God brings to us. And God doesn't do it to see us squirm. He does it because he loves us. He wants to grow us up. Let's be patient and endure unto the end. In patience possess ye your souls. It's for our good. Even as we as earthly fathers 
teach and train our children for the perfection of their lives. So God does it for us. Let's not grow weary of it. It yieldeth a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Verse 12. Again, we have the word wherefore. Because of chastisement in our life, because of chastisement in our brothers' lives that we worship with, we we live with every day. Paul says, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. We need one anothering. We need one anothering today in the body of Christ. If we're going to make it in these last days. In chapter 3, Paul says we need to exhort one another daily. Is that your experience? I think we need to do that. Exhort one another daily. As we are experiencing shakings in life, we need each other to be true. When we receive a word and we're not sure if it's truth or not, what a blessing to sit down with brothers and discuss it and know whether it's right for us, how to deal with the situation, and how to move forward. Lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. If you're a brother here this morning or a sister that is struggling, you don't want a hill to climb, but you want a straight, easy path for you to walk on. And let's bind together and provide that as a body of believers for one another who are hurting and who are being chastised. It's so easy for us to become critical and to point fingers and to blame, but that's not God's heart. Sometimes it feels good to get on the bandwagon with God and help God in the chastisement, does it not? But that's not God's heart either. That's tearing down. Let's rather lift up the hands that are hanging down and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for those who are being chastised of God to walk in. You know, Jesus had strong words for those who offended others. Let's not be of those that offend others. People are watching. Your community is watching you. And they see how the love is between you and your brothers. Verse 14. Follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. 
lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Follow peace. Look diligently, lest we fail of the grace of God. You know, I talked about offenses. Um, Psalm 119 says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Show me a man or a woman that loves God and his word, and I can show you a man that is not easily offended. Let's become familiar with God and his word, and be careful not to offend our brothers and sisters. We are not islands, beloved, this morning. We are a body. And a body is interconnected. And we need each other. We need to help each other. We need to be patient toward each other. We need to love each other. Lest that root of bitterness, that small root, grow in any of our hearts, and thereby many be defiled. That's a tragedy when that happens among God's people. Moving on, verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated for that the words should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come to Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the, and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the God, and to God the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, and that speaketh better things than that of Abel. No longer are we back under the law, but we have Jesus as our propitiation for our sins today. Hallelujah. Let's never lose sight of that. But with patience, preserve ye our souls. Verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not earth only, but also heaven. So we can expect these things. We should expect these things, should we not? As the end draws nigh, things will be shaken. The church will be purified. Our lives will be chastised and purified. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Verse 28. Wherefore, again we have that word, 
because of what's coming, because of what Jesus has given us, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We are given a kingdom that shall never end. Hallelujah. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. Not a kingdom that has to, has to choose a new leader every four years. That's not our kingdom. We're given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace with one another. Let us have patience with one another as we serve God in this kingdom. As we serve him. For our God is a consuming fire. Verse 29. God has poured out his grace upon each of us here this morning. Let us likewise walk in patience towards one another and allow God's grace to flow through us. In times of uncertainties, of shaking, may our faith be strong May it be rooted in Christ and his work. You know, God has called us to be builders with him in his kingdom that shall never end. Isn't that an amazing thought? It is to me. We as humans are called to be part of his eternal kingdom. So let's invest in that kingdom Let's throw our hearts into it. Let us run with patience as we follow him. So this morning, how is it in your life? Which kingdom are you pursuing? Are you, are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And as you do that, are you running with patience? You know, as the world looks upon us, it looks like foolishness to them. But that's okay. Don't give up. Keep on course. And God will reward you. Well, in closing here, The writer of the Hebrews has these words. For ye have need of patience. And he was talking to me. I know he was. For ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Don't give up. Allow God's work to produce patience in your life. And then in patience possess ye your souls unto the And if we truly believe God's promises this morning, then we we will patiently wait for them. Even though at times it seems like the waiting is long. As we read the Gospels, As we read the gospel of Christ, 
It produces a quiet and calm spirit within us and fills us with hope in these last days and with patience. And the opposite, I think, is true as well. If we are pessimistic this morning, if we can only see the worst, if we can only believe the worst, it will produce a lack of patience in our life. Because we feel like God is too slow in answering our desires. Romans 15, verse 5. And I close with this. Now the God of patience. Patience is the virtue. Patience is the character of God. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. God bless you.